0: The days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord, and these are the days of your servant Moses' righteousness being restored. I Blood. Oh, come on, let praise this morning, in, in the morning when the sun is rising, another day to tell of all your kindness. When I think of your goodness, oh, I sing for joy.
1: his faithfulness. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? Then down to verse 13, I am still confident of this. This is what we've been singing about. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait. We just want to say thank you today for your presence right now. We want to thank you for your word that has always been true, is true today, and always will be. And I pray that in this moment, as we worship you, as we give your name, the praise that you deserve, that you would minister and speak to the hearts of people here today. People that call Praise Assembly home, people that are our guests today. Bless them in an incredible way. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, amen. It is so good to see you, fathers. You look exceptional today. If I just might say, I don't know. Uh, happy Father's Day to every dad in here, grandfather. Uh, we're going to celebrate you a little more in a little bit here, but we, uh, we're so glad that you came w- uh, to be with us today. And we would just say the next few minutes, let's take some time and greet each other. God bless each of you today. Again, good morning and welcome to Praise Assembly. Hopefully that's where you were planning on going and you ended up here. But if you didn't, we're still glad to have you here today. Uh, We have these connect cards for our first-time guests or people that are are, are new to praise. We have these connect cards. If you'd be willing to complete one of these and bring it to our guest services table out in the lobby when you're done, that would be fantastic. We would appreciate that very, very much. Now we're going to take some time this morning as our ushers come and we're going to receive our morning tithe and offering. Hopefully you got to see one of the Facebook posts recently uh, that kind of communicated as a church what you've been able to do financially for missions and giving, and I hope that builds faith in you, encourages you um, to continue to be generous in uh, in your giving, and I just want to commend you in that, and let's, let's, uh, let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for the privilege, for the honor that it is to give, Lord, what you have so graciously given to us, and I pray a blessing over this offering in every way. Again, let it go to advance and build your kingdom here and throughout the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: like none other we reflect back on how they have been an important part of our lives it's in the embarrassing things like the dad jokes and in the unsung things like showing up it's in the expected things like providing for the family and in the unexpected things like learning to French braid. Today, we passionately celebrate these fathers and the men who took up the fatherly role, where other men failed or sadly passed on to glory. You have modeled for us what real men should be. And because of you, we have a more wholesome view of our Father in heaven. Thank you, Dad.
1: Yes. Happy Father's Day. I have a few announcements today if you got your bulletin when you came in. And uh, we have our, our new summer series, which actually this will be week two today. And then uh, things coming up, we've got a lot of things. The youth are leaving on Monday for camp. Uh, parents, get your get your son or daughter here, one one fifteen. Get them here. We need to pack up the trailer, and then we need to have a brief meeting and talk about the week. So... Um, please don't get him here by 2, please don't do that, please, please, I I beg you, please, get your kids here early so we can get uh, all squared away. And it's so funny because we're going to be coming back on Friday and literally tagging Dwight and the Rangers here because they're heading immediately to the district powwow. So I think, um, do we have students that are going to youth camp that are going to district powwow? Yeah, I mean, like literally, they're going to have one bag and the other bag, you know, And uh, which is pretty awesome, I think, and it's been done like that way for years. But uh, so that'll be a good time coming up here. Uh, VBS volunteers we're still in need. That's the 26th or the 29th of June. Uh, Please see Lucy. You can text her, call her here at the office this week, um, and just uh, let her know that you'd be interested. And then the Joy Group luncheon is coming up on the 24th. That's always a good time. Always great food. Always encouraging conversation. So make sure you are aware of that, that's uh, just older youth, that are, uh, that's happening on the 24th. So Father's Day, it's one of my favorite, next to Easter and Christmas, it's Father's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day is fantastic, but Father's Day, I mean, it's just a, it's a great, great day. How many would agree with me that it's a fantastic day? Yeah, these guys are like, I'm, I'm not putting my hand up, I'm not, you can go out there and be like that, but I'm not going to do that. And uh, no, I, th- I think it's a fantastic day. I think, uh, I think being a father, and, and mothers, you probably feel like this about being a mom at times or most of the time. I think being a father is one of the truly one of the greatest privileges that we have as humans, as people. To be able to guide and direct somebody through life is, uh, is powerful. And I think the great thing about parenting, too, is... Uh, you can have people in your life that maybe they aren't your biological parents, but maybe they're spiritual parents to you. I know I have a, a spiritual father. I really have a, a few, and Jody's dad was certainly one for me, but uh, my pastor, Bob Wise, was that for me, just uh, not only just being there when I accepted Christ, but kind of giving me some guidance, giving me some direction that I so desperately needed as a very young man. How many can relate to that? Uh, so needed some direction. And uh, I think that's one of the great things about parenting is that, uh, you know, maybe you're here and, and you, um, uh, for various circumstances, you haven't had any children, but you've had effect and you've had impact on people's lives. And that's just uh, uh, very powerful. And I, and I recognize, too, that a day like today when we celebrate uh, fathers, that for some of you, it's not, not a very happy thing. Uh, maybe it's kind of a hmm, Father's Day. Uh, Maybe your father was completely absent. You don't have a lot of emotions connected to it. You don't have a lot of fond memories. It's just kind of one of those days that comes and goes, and that's about it. But uh, uh, that is the way it is for some of you. Some of you have had very tragic uh, father experiences, and that it just that breaks my heart. But that's your reality. That's kind of what, what uh, your life has been like. And so my prayer for, for you today is, uh, is that your Father in heaven would make up for all the deficit that maybe that you experience in life. Uh, for some of you here, being a father's challenging because uh, maybe your children are in a place in life, they're making decisions or they've made decisions that have put them in difficult places and it's very hard to watch them and being a father is not a very joyous thing for you right now. And for others, your step parents, which is uh, a challenge all its own, right? A challenge all its own. Uh, I've always said this, you know, how many fathers does it take to raise a Hans? It takes at least two, There's at least two. I had, I had my, my, my biological father who's still living, Hans, Hans Norbert, fate, that's where I get my name. And uh, he's a great man. He lives in, just recently moved with him and my uh, uh, stepmom up to Detroit. And so uh, he's up there and, and uh, you know, have just uh, been so blessed to have a father like him. And uh, I had a stepfather, Jose, who died about four years ago. And, uh, you know, if you had to have a stepfather, I uh, couldn't have asked for a better person. And uh, even, even his temperament was perfect for what I needed. And so I am blessed in that way to have multiple fathers, plus a father-in-law and Jody's dad who's just been a, a great inspiration to my life. And uh, so in general, as a whole, happy Father's Day to all you dads in whatever situation you're in. We pray God's blessing over you in a powerful way this year. And uh, this is week two in the series, Jesus Said. Jesus Said. You know, um, And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to jump right into the scripture here. And I'm going to do my best, fathers, to give you the word of God in a timely time so you can go and get your meat sticks out there, which I know you've been waiting for all year. I know, I know you have. Yeah, and, and feel free, if you know... If you don't want to take, everyone's going to get three. Um, if you don't want yours, Pastor Brandon and I will eat them during the week throughout the year. We'll just, you know, we'll just, just portion them out and just have it for lunch, you know, as we go by here. But no, have, enjoy those. Please receive those as a token of our, of our love for you and our appreciation for all things meat. Okay, so here's, uh, here's the passage we're reading today. The book of Luke chapter 11, we're going to begin at verse 9. It says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then verse 11, this is what Jesus said. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish... We'll give him a snake instead. And I know some of you dads and you probably would do that just to mess, just to mess with him. Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion. If you then, fathers, and, and really parents in general, but speaking to fathers, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let me take a moment and let me pray. Lord, thank you for your word. It is powerful. It is alive. It is active. And God, it is meant for us. So, Lord, help us to hear what is on your heart today concerning fathers. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the main point of this story, just to be very clear, the main point of this story is God's goodness, God's faithfulness. He is the focus. He always is. He always is the focus of his word. Everything's always pointing to him. But Jesus also makes a comparison that is noteworthy. He compares earthly fathers and their ability to give good gifts to their children. And in his words here, even though they're evil. Um, now, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't like to think of myself in that way. I know about you, that, that I'm evil. But at, at, at my core, I mean, Without Christ, I have nothing that provides salvation to me. I have nothing that provides any um, any ability to be right before God. And so he's, again, comparing God who is perfect in every way to us. But even in our state, even in our condition... He says, even though you are evil, even though you're in a deficit, even though that you can be selfish at times, even though all these things that maybe as a, as a human, as a father, that you lack. And it, I'm not going to ask to raise hands, but I'm sure if we had every father that were honest in this moment say, is there an area of your life that you feel like you lack? We would all be like, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's this area, there's, there's that area where I feel like I, I lack and the word gift here in Greek is doma. And it, is, it really doesn't speak much to the, to, the, to, to the benefit nature of the gift, but the concrete character of this gift. And Jesus is saying, fathers, even in your condition, even of your state, you have the capacity to give a good, solid, lasting gift to your children. And uh, I think fatherhood is uniquely powerful, uniquely influential. Just as I would say on Mother's Day, there's something about uh, a mother that's unique. And there is something that is just powerful and unique about a father. How many have had that experience? You've, you've experienced that like, there's, there's something uniquely powerful, either in the negative or in the positive. Fathers can, can send the trajectory of your life in a very powerful way or they can cause there to be great stumbling in people's lives. The role in the, uh, of a father is, uh, is extremely powerful, extremely influential. And you might say here today, today's Father's Day. Aren't we the ones that are supposed to be getting gifts? You know, why are we talking about fathers having something to give? Good Why can't there just be a day where we get gifts? And, and I hope all of you get a gift today. I went through the dining room this morning and the table was set for lunch and there was a gift where I sit. I'm, I'm, tell you, I'm pretty excited. I don't know what it is. I could probably snoop on Amazon right now and find out. But I'm not going to do that. Jody, I will not do that. Even though I'm evil, everything in part of me wants to do that and find out. But the truth is, you, as a father, are not going to come to the end of your life, or anybody here is not going to come to the end of their life and say, boy, I wish I got more meat sticks on Father's Day. Three, really? We're not going to care. But you know what we will care about? We will care about what we've left behind. We will care about what we've passed on. That is the stuff that will truly, truly matter. There are some tremendous fathers here today. Uh, I've had the opportunity over the past almost four years, and even beyond that, for, for some of you, I've known up to 18 years. But uh, there is tremendous amounts of time that you give. I, I've seen it. I've watched it. I've talked to you. Time that you've given to children and grandchildren. Time when you could be doing other things that you said, now, I want to invest. There are fathers that are even doing things, investing time in, in young men that aren't even your kids through our ministries here at Praise. There's love that you've given. There's provision that you've given again and again and again and again. There are opportunities that you provide, looking out for them, trying to build their interests or giving them opportunity to have experiences with God and experiences in life that you've provided and you've looked out for. Just your presence, being there, being there is so underestimated. Being there is powerful. Being there is important. Have you ever had a tragedy in your life and someone just showed up? They didn't say a whole lot. They were just there. Being present is powerful. And many fathers here have given that. You've given support. When you haven't known the road ahead, you've you've walked with your children and provided support to their lives, encouragement to their lives, and fun in their lives. You know, I mean, when Jody went away when the kids were younger, we're going out to eat all week. I'm just, that's how it's going to be. We're just going, we're going to, to, to the playland. If there's a playland, we're going to go, we're going to do that. We're just, you know, even though at, at my house uh, in the past several years, I've been called the fun police. How many of you have you ever had that experience? You've been called the fun police. Like, if there's fun, I'll sniff it out and get rid of it. And that's been, you know, kind of the joke lately. But I'm telling you, there was a day I was very fun. I'll have you know, I was very, very fun. I really was. And, uh, but there are so many fathers here. You've done all these things and more. But let me turn your attention to what I believe is arguably one of the best gifts that you could give. Because any father I've ever met that's worth his salt, he really, 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 at his core... He really cares about what he leaves behind more than what he gets. He, you know, if, if I didn't get another gift, it's, it's fine. I, just to have you around, to be able to, to love you and help me, that's, that's, really what, that's really what I care about. That's really what I care about. And uh, one of the gifts that you could give today, uh, a gift that every father could give, doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have, how much time you have or don't have, how much resource you have or don't have. This is a gift you could give to your children, to your grandchildren. And it all starts in 2 Kings. Now I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm going to read a bunch of scripture and it's good for you because you get to hear the words of God rather than my words. So that's always good, right? When we get to hear a lot of God's word. And let me give you the backstory to this passage here in um, 2 Kings, Israel is in a spiritually, uh, they are spiraling out of control. Anybody know what that feels like or looks like? Um, they are spiraling out of control. Pretty soon, uh, they're politically going and economically going to spiral out of control. That's to kind of to follow. But spiritually, they are just lost. And the evil king Ahab and his wife Jezebel have literally plunged, the nation into idolatry, the worship of Baal, Asherah. And they have not only done that, but they've killed the prophets of God. And God anoints Jehu. He's a military leader to execute judgment against the house of Ahab, according to the words of the prophet Elisha. So again, the kingdom's in bad shape. Things are terrible. And so uh, the reason they're there, the one who kind of put the, the, you know, the, the, the final straw in it all was Ahab and his wife and their idolatry. And, uh, you know, we're talking uh, all kinds of insanity going on within a, a country that's supposed to be worshiping the one true God. And so they're in this place, this difficult place, and God gives a word to Elisha, and God anoints Jehu to be the, the one that carries out this judgment, and Elisha speaks the words that Jehu carries out. And this is a very long and difficult task for Jehu, which we're going to, you know, I'm sure Sundays in the afternoon, you go ahead and you just read the Bible passages we talked about Sunday morning. I'm sure that's going to happen this afternoon. If you wanted to, 2 Kings 9 and 10, you can go read the whole story. But in the process of Jehu traveling the region to clean up the nation of idol worship, he comes across a man named Jehonadab, Jehonadab. He's the son of Rechab, and here is their interaction. Here is their meetup in 2 Kings 10, 15 and 16. When Jehu left there, he met Jehonadab, son of Rechab, who was coming to meet him. And after they had greeted each other, Jehu said to him, Are you as loyal to me as I am to you? Yes, I am. Jehonadab replied, if you are, Jehu said, then give me your hand. And so Jehonadab put out his hand and Jehu helped him into the chariot. And then Jehu said, now come with me and see how devoted I am to the Lord. So Jehonadab rode along with him. Now this is obviously some they have some type of familiarity with each other because Jehanadab Jehonadab is going to see Jehu and Jehu sees him and greets him. They have this, this greeting they have and this conversation. And the fact that he, he said, hey, if you're with me, come up into my chariot and he pulls him up. There's got to be some familiarity. He knows who he is or his family. He knows about him. There's some familiarity there. And so this happens and Jehonadab is with Jehu in his devotion to the Lord. They're joined by this. And I think this is really interesting about being a Christian. Um, it, is, it is incredible how your faith in Christ can actually join you with somebody that you don't really have a lot of commonality with. I've experienced this, I can't tell you, so many different times. People in my life that really I developed a strong bond with, um, a, a, a powerful um, relationship with that I really didn't have a lot in common with we didn't come from the same types of families Uh, we didn't we weren't from the same uh, economic situation different parts of the country different race I mean all the things that could be different but what united us was a relationship with Jesus have you experienced that before where you you you've you've come across somebody and you've truly become great friends because of your faith and Uh, This is this is powerful here for him because um, here here, these two men have this great foundation to build friendship on. And then and then we don't hear about Johanna. We we don't hear his name. We just know he went with Jehu to 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 execute all these judgments that God was bringing on the house of of Ahab. And um, we don't hear his name again. He's like a like a one hit wonder from the 80s. Like Belinda Carlisle, and, you know, I, 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 there's just a lot of them. Um, although she was with another band, wasn't she? The who? Go-Go. The Go-Go's, that's right, I knew it, I knew it, that's right. But she, he's like a one-hit wonder, that's, that's what he is. And then all of a sudden, we don't hear anything about him until we get to Jeremiah chapter 35. Now this is where we have a long passage, and it's, it's a story so you can follow with me. It's easy. If, if it were just like this and this, if, if I was reading to you a genealogy, I would, I would feel ter- I wouldn't do it. But this is a story that you have to hear because the message of this story is powerful for fathers and for uh, uh, all of us that are sitting here today. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. And if you just lied, that's okay. Don't worry about it. You're not ready. <laughs> Jeremiah 35, verse 1. This is the message the Lord gave Jeremiah when Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king of Judah. So he kind of gives some context, time frame. This is what's going on. Go to the settlement where the families of the Rechabites live. Does that name sound familiar to anybody here? Jehonadab, son of Rechab. Okay, so this is is his family, his people. Uh, Maybe this summer you're going to get together with some of your people, like people that are part of your family, your clan, your group. And this is his. This is his. Go to these people and invite them to the Lord's temple. Take them into one of the inner rooms and offer them some wine. Be hospitable. Verse 3. So I went to see Jazaniah, and I am about to have my biblical name pronunciation game on today. When we get to heaven, these names are going to sound nothing like we say them here, right? So I went to see Jazaniah, which is my best guess, son of Jeremiah and grandson of Habizaniah and all his brothers and sons representing all the Rechabite families. And I took them to the temple and I went into the room assigned to the sons of Hanan, son of of Igedalia, a man of God. This room was located next to the one used by the temple officials directly above the room of Messiah, son of Shalom, the temple gatekeeper. Now to you and I, you're like, to them it meant something. To you and I, I have no idea where these rooms are, but they're describing it for us. Verse 5, I set cups and jugs of wine before them and invited them to have a drink, but they refused. No, they said, we don't drink wine because our ancestors our ancestor Jehonadab, son of Rechab, gave us this command. You and your descendants must never drink wine. And do not build houses or plant crops or vineyards, but always live in tents. And if you follow these commands, you will live long, good lives in the land. So this is, this is, this is the instruction that Jehonadab, son of Rechab, has left for his family and descendants. This is Don't drink wine, don't live in a house, live in a tent, don't plant a garden, don't plant vineyards, like just do not do that and you're going to live a good long life in the land. Verse 8, so we have obeyed him in all these things, we've never had a drink of wine to this day, nor have our wives, our sons, and our daughters, verse 9, these things we have never, uh, uh, pardon me. Let me get over here. We haven't built uh, houses or owned vineyards or farms or planted crops. We have lived in tents and have fully obeyed all the commands of Jehonadab, our ancestor. But when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked this country, we were afraid of the Babylonians and the Syrian armies. So we decided to move to Jerusalem. That is why we are here. Verse 12. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah, and this is, this is important. This is what the Lord, of the, heaven, the, the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Go and say to the people in Judah and Jerusalem, come and learn a lesson about how to obey me. The Rechabites do not drink wine to this day because their ancestor, Jehonadad, told them not to. But I have spoken to you again and again. And you refused to obey me. Time after time, I sent you prophets who told you, turn from your wicked ways and start doing things right. Stop worshiping other gods so that you might live in peace here in the land I give to you and your ancestors. But you would not listen to me or obey me. The descendants of Jehonadab, son of Rechab, have obeyed their ancestor completely, but you have refused to listen to me. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, because you refuse to listen or answer when I call, I will send upon Judah and Jerusalem all the disasters that I have threatened. And then Jeremiah turned to the Rechabites and he said, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, you have obeyed your ancestor Jehonadab in every respect, following all his instructions. Therefore, this is what the Lord of Heaven's Armies, the God of Israel, says: Jehonadab, son of Recab, will always have descendants who serve me. And again, I know it's a a long story. It's about eighteen verses. But what a powerful story! And here it is: a one-point message, not three not two, not four. It is a one-point message. See, the, the point of this story is not to adhere to all the standards set up by Jehonadab for his family. Otherwise, Jeremiah would have just said, and these are the things that you need to be doing. The point of this story is obedience to God. God says to the people of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah, he says, come and learn a lesson about how to obey me. Have you ever met somebody and they walk through a situation that was difficult and you watch them and said, man, if I could put that in a, in a book or, or just if I could write that down, how they walk through this with forgiveness, with, with courage, with strength, whatever it might be. And you just say, that is an example. Wish I could put that where I could pass that on to other people to follow. Jeremiah says, hey, you need to check out, come and learn a lesson about how to obey. Jehonadab had set in motion a pattern, an example of obedience to God. A life of obedience had had a profound effect on his family that followed. And in turn, they followed the instructions left for them. Now, I am not delusional. I understand that not everything I pass on to my children, they're going to take a hold of and obey. I, I get that. I understand that. If you've ever been a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Things that you, you know, the, the, maybe certain values you have as to how you would handle certain situations, and they might handle it very different. So we understand that. But here's an example that Jehonadab left of obedience. And I would just say, fathers, the greatest gift you can give to your families today, is that you live a life of obedience to God. You can leave them all the money you want. You can leave them a heritage of, of uh, enjoyment of sports. You can leave them, um, I mean, all, just hundreds of things you could leave your, your, uh, your children. A love of certain hobbies. I mean, you could leave them a, a hard work, a work ethic there's so many things you could leave, but I would suggest to you that leaving them a life that has a pattern of obedience to God is the greatest gift that you could ever leave your children, ever leave them. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says this, if you love me, obey my commands. Because when you do that, when you leave a life of obedience. When you live a life of obedience, and you leave it for them. A trail of obedience. Uh, you're not batting 100%. You're not doing everything. But I'll tell you, when, when you're off track, you get back on track, ask for God's forgiveness, move forward. When you're doing that, you're leaving a trail of obedience, that, that what God thinks, what his word says, it matters to you. That you follow it. You adhere to it. When you do that, you're leaving behind not only obedience, but you're displaying your love for God. Luke chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight. This another. Jesus said, "This blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Obedience is everything." I'm going to skip that one scripture in James there in the back. So your obedience is a blessing not only to you. Not only does it display your love for God, and is a blessing to you when you obey God. But is also something that is uh, that is uh, uh, left behind to other people. Deuteronomy chapter seven verse nine says this: Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God; He is the faithful God who keeps His covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes His unfailing love on those who love Him and obey His commands. A thousand generations. In the book of Exodus chapter 20 verse 6 says this, But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Because when you leave a trail, when you leave a pattern, when you leave a history of obedience, it is not only powerful for you as a believer, but it leaves something for your sons your daughters, your grandsons, your granddaughters, to be able to follow and build on and see. You're here today, and maybe, maybe you wonder about your ability to give this type of gift of obedience. Maybe you've had a, the past year or two where you would say, boy, I tell you, I've, just, I've, I've left, a, uh, I've left a, a very sketchy pattern I've had some obedience and disobedience, and uh, I don't know what your your story is, but maybe you say, I don't know if I can leave that. Well, let me encourage you from the words of Jesus, not my words, from his words. He's speaking this to the church of Laodicea, and we just covered the book of Revelation, the churches. Revelation 3.20, Jesus is speaking, and he says this, Look, I stand at the door, and I knock. If you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. That's the invitation Jesus has for obedience. He says, hey, look, I'm I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to to come in. I'm wanting to join you. I'm wanting you to accept and let me in. If you hear my voice, open the door. And that's my prayer for every father here today. Obedience that you have to Christ will follow you for years and years to come. It'll be a blessing to generation after generation after generation after the the money you have left them runs out or, uh, the, the, your love for a certain sports team is forgotten about in, in certain generations. No one's going to care. But your love and obedience to God will last again, generation after generation after generation. And the promise to the family in Jeremiah... Um, that we just read about, chapter 35, the, the last thing it says, and, and this, is, this, is, this is what was going to happen. Jehonadab, son of Rechab, will always have descendants who serve me. Maybe not every descendant, but he would always have descendants that would serve me. I've always wondered, like, how did, I know how I came to Christ, but like, why me? Have you ever thought about that? If you're like, why, why me? who, who, who am I, you know? And I just, I always wondered, is there someone back in my family who just loved God? Someone I'll never meet. Maybe I'll never meet them till heaven one day. And you think, man, praise God for people that I never knew that were obedient to God, that were obedient to him. And so, uh, Heather, if you could come to the keyboard, I would greatly appreciate it. If you've never submitted your life to the rule and the authority of Jesus today for you is an incredible opportunity. Today is an incredible opportunity for you to begin a life of obedience. You know, obedience isn't something for certain people. Obedience is something that you can give. You, You and I display it all the time in life when we come to a complete stop, right? At a stop sign, right? You know, we display obedience. Uh, constantly, But today can be your day when you begin a life of obedience to God. Maybe you've never made that commitment to Jesus, uh, never made that commitment to his rule and his authority. And that's exactly what it is. When, when you make a decision to follow Jesus, you're saying you're in charge and I'm not. You're the boss and I'm not Jesus. You're the one that knows everything and I'm not. You're, you're God and I'm not. So if you're a father here today, maybe you've never made that commitment for whatever reasons. But today can be that day for you. Maybe you're here and you're a Christian. You're a follower of Jesus. And he's calling you to obey him in a certain way. There's a a certain decision. There's a certain path. There's a certain something that he's just been calling you, hey, don't forget this. You, you can do this. I'm, I'm with you. I, I know this is challenging. I know this might be uncomfortable, but I, believe me, trust me. Maybe that's you. It's kind of been your recent history. And I just want to challenge you today that that you get to choose and decide to obey that today's a day that you can say, no, Lord, I don't know the future on this matter, on this conversation you want me to have on the step of faith you want me to take, whatever it might be. But I want to obey you more than anything. You should want to obey God more than pleasing your spouse or your children. He should be above all. Remember, Jesus actually had that conversation. Unless you hate your father and mother and, and all these other things. And we can get into what all that means, but it, it's, it's pretty serious. <laughs> you put anybody before me, it's not going to work. So maybe you're here and you're a believer today. and Maybe you've been putting other people before this decision you need to make. And I want to encourage you today to obey. Because obedience lasts for generations and generations and generations. When so many other things that we invest in just don't. They just don't. It's how they are, it's the nature of what they are. So, could we do this together? Could we stand together, everyone here, whether you're a father, not a father, or your mom, or just everyone here, if you could stand together. And all together, if we could bow our heads reverence to God if you're here and you say you know I, I, I uh, I'm not living a life of obedience at all to God I'm I'm just kind of doing my own thing hoping for the best you know I don't I don't feel like I'm doing terrible things but I I'm, I'm certainly not telling Jesus you're in charge of my life you're the boss I want to follow you but you want to do that you want to say Jesus I believe you are God's son. And I don't know all the answers, but I know I want to follow you. If that's something that you want to do, not because somebody else is putting their elbow in your rib or has been bugging you about it, but you want to begin to follow Jesus. Why don't you just put your hand up where you are. Anybody here, that's what you want to do. You want to begin to follow Jesus. Okay. Anybody else? You want to follow him today? Today can be your day. If you're a Christian here, God's put something specific kind of on your heart, on your radar, in your mind, and he's really challenged you with stepping up to this. It could be walking away from a sin, turning the other way. It could be a decision you have to make. Uh, it could be a choice you're having to, to d- uh, decide on. Could be a, a, an act of generosity you're having to that God's putting before you and saying, "Hey, you know, would you do this?" It could be hundreds of things, but God has put something on your heart and He's speaking to you about it, and you're saying, "Today, Lord, I'm going to obey you." Why don't you just raise your hand wherever you are, I'm, Lord? I'm going to obey you. I'm going to obey you. Could be a conversation. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Several hands. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come to you today. And Lord, I thank you for this moment right now. I thank you for the opportunity we have to be reminded how powerful, how lasting, how influential obedience is. And God, for Jehonadab, he lived that life when he jumped on that chariot with Jehu and he, he, um, he, he went and, and to help him be able to do the things that God had asked him to do concerning the nation of Israel. That wasn't his first day of obedience, I'm sure. But he just lived this life, this pattern of obeying you. And he passed it on verbally. He told his family, this is for this season, for this moment, for our family right now, this is how we need to live. This is how we need to live. No matter what other families do, this is what we're doing. And praise God he had a family that had hearts for you that, that obeyed because he left a pattern of obedience. And I pray that today for those that are believers here that have just identified and said, God, I know you're you're putting your finger on this one part of my life where you're calling me to obey. I pray that you would give them the courage and the boldness to just do the things that you've set before them to do. Nothing more, and nothing less. God, help, help us not to make it more difficult or more challenging than it needs to be help us to do what you've set before us lord bless them in it and god let it continue to to just develop a pattern of obedience in their life again that's going to bless generations and generations to come and lord will say all these things we say thank you we pray a blessing on fathers today holy spirit Speak powerfully to the lives of dads all over this room and the dads that are, that are represented here, that may be at home or they're away or they're a great distance away. Use fathers here and people here to bring powerful change into our world, to bring hope where there's no hope, to bring truth where there's no truth, to bring love where there's no love. Lord, help them today in an incredible way. Lord, we love you, we honor you, we worship you, we recognize you for who you are, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen.